Hi, I'm Alul. Sup, I'm Boo. Yeah, I'm Alul. This is the voice of Canberra youth. And this is the voice of Multicultural Youth. The show about multiculturalism, diversity, sharing experiences, and achieving goals. Stay tuned for our wonderful interviews and good music for you to enjoy. You are listening to the Multicultural Youth Program on 2XFM. Live Thursday, 6 till 7 p.m. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 98.3. Our guest today is Ben Sakakelli. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah, perfect. Okay. And um, we're going to dig into his background, uh, just tell him about what he do, and our second guest is Amore. Yeah. Nah, nah, you're in, man. So we're going to interview him just about halfway. And yeah, and Nicole, you have something to tell us? Nah, everything's <laughs> all right. Okay. What have you guys been up to? Just school stuff. School's about to finish, and yeah. I'm getting graduation out of way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> school is about to be over so we're getting ready for the holidays yeah how about you Dan ah uh, yeah not much school's out for me work's almost done um, yeah just looking forward to the holidays as well but uh, graduation that sounds pretty exciting yeah no. what is it what are you graduating from glory and yeah. so next year that means what? I moved to high school cool which high school I don't really know so <laughs> I'm only like going to Brooklyn for like few months until I choose. Okay. So you get to choose? Yeah. Cool. Coming to my high school? No. <laughs> uh, so, Ben, we're going to dig into your background first, like introduce who you are. Awesome. Yeah, just tell us. Yeah, cool. Um, well, I'm Ben Sacker-Kelly. Um, I'm a local of Canberra and uh, I'm actually back at uni as of today um, being a student. Um, last year I was working as, a, as an advisor up at Parliament to the Attorney General and I've now thrown that in to go back and finish my never-ending arts law degree. So that's probably a bit about me. And I like football. That's all you need to know. Really. So Cole's, Cole's graduating tomorrow. Everyone's going on Christmas yeah, holidays and, and you're starting to not study. tomorrow, next Wednesday. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, next Wednesday I'll still be writing essays. Yeah. So uh, I'm a bit jealous. But... Uh, <laughs> So, um, what kind of job do you do and what kind of things do you do there? Yeah, well, um, I used to, I used to work up at Parliament and, uh, I was an advisor for, for the Attorney General and I did a couple of different things. Mainly I looked after, uh, emergency management. So, uh, looked after the policy for what happens when we have a big bushfire in Australia or a flood, uh, like we saw today in, uh, in Queanbeyan and just making sure that people are prepared and, everyone's got what they need to kind of get over it, that kind of stuff. Um, did a few other things to do with a few areas of law, like international law and family law and stuff, and I also helped out with a bit of uh, media. So I've been doing that and studying part-time uh, with my uni, and I've decided that it's been long enough with my uni, so uh, after the, the last election, I uh, chucked in the towel with my job, and I'm just back to study. So, yeah, that's Pretty about. busy, pretty busy. Life? Yeah, it was a bit busy, and um, I think I, I kept everyone up at all hours of the night in my house, as Dan could attest to. Sort of. Yeah, Ben would be gone before we left in the morning, and then he wouldn't be home till about eleven <laughs> o'clock at night. And uh, I've been on a bit of a break, so now I'm the last one to wake up, and uh, I'm ready. Sort of That's when people are coming home, so it's a bit of a change at the moment, but it's good. <laughs> um, can you tell us about media role? Uh, yeah, I sort of I was doing a, a role as assistant media, so we had like a senior media advisor, and I was just learning a little bit from him, but. Basically, it's just about trying to get across to the media, um, I guess, 
what your what your boss, what the minister's doing, um, trying to explain it in a way that sometimes a lot of these complex legal reforms, for example, they're very hard to understand and to write a very quick article about. So part of the job was working out how we could present that information in a way that everyone can understand and in a way that a journalist who's got very limited time to write a story or go on TV in a way that they can get across quickly and be able to, to sort of explain to people. So, mm. yeah. Cool. That's, yeah. Was it... Um, was it- Stressful? Um, it was a little bit stressful, but um, in the end, I think you kind of get used to the pace of it. And um, I mean, you realise it's kind of it's it's important, but there are a lot of other really important jobs in the world. So it's sort of it's not the be all and end all if something goes a little bit wrong. Um, but it was good to kind of teach me, I guess, from a young age how to <laughs> how to have things happening very quickly and just try to keep everything on the boil at the same time because I think that probably the most difficult thing was no one really gives you on the job training there so you you learn a bit by yourself and quite often there are a few different things going on so just being able to manage like a couple of them but um yeah yeah, no it was good good fun so what kind of country are you from um yeah yeah, I'm a local, um, born here, uh, and my dad was also born in Australia, but my mum was born in China, so um, she came to Australia when she was about nine years old. In so how are you involved in Israel? Um, well, Israel, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Jewish as well, so um, uh, through my mum's family, and uh, uh, I guess being Jewish, there's like a strong connection to Israel because there's a lot of history there. Um, like with the Jews, a lot of the stuff uh, in our religion and uh, a lot of the festivals we celebrate and things like that um, are based around like the seasons in Israel and um, things that happened there like 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of Jews, like I've got a lot of family living in Israel there today. Um, so I've been back there a few times uh, while I've been growing up and I've studied a bit of university over there. And um, yeah, I'll probably go back again sometime in the next few years and maybe study for a bit longer. So that's, that's probably the, in a nutshell the connection with Israel. But, uh, so what kind of celebrations do you do? Yeah, I think there, there's a really good summary of Jewish festivals um, that I've heard, which is um, they tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. So <laughs> the Jewish religion, it's like quite a lot of the festivals are actually based a lot around things that have happened in the past. Like, for example, um, Hanukkah, uh, which is the festival that's happening now, um, which is sort of about the same time as Christmas usually. Uh, it goes back to like 500 years before Jesus was born, when the Greeks ruled Israel and uh, they wouldn't let the Jews practice their religion and there was a bit of persecution but eventually um, the Jews got their temple back and uh, they were able to be free and practice their religion again and um, they were able to relight the the lights in the temple which burned for a lot longer than there was oil for um, so it enabled them to kind of make more oil and keep the lights going that's the old story anyway so we light candles to remember that every time and we eat a lot of food so (laughs) a lot of the festivals like that they tell a bit of a story about something that happened in the history of the jewish people and then there's the story and then you remember it and you try and think about how it's applicable to today and if you can learn anything from it and then you eat a lot of food so (laughs) that's kind of how it how it rolls so your whole family is Jewish? Um, my mum is, and my mum's side of the family is. And with Jews, it goes through the mother. So, yeah, um, yeah because my mum's Jewish, um, I'm Jewish. Uh, my yeah. dad's actually, um, I think he's probably atheist, but um, his family's, like, Catholic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit of a mix, but um, I was brought up Jewish. So so, so, do what, you, oh, yeah. so what do some of the celebrations um, mean? Yeah. Um, well, uh, all of them have kind of different meanings, I guess. Like... Um, uh, the Jews actually, we have something a little bit similar to Ramadan um, as well, uh, which is Yom Kippur. Um, so Yom Kippur, you fast and you're supposed to kind of reflect on things you haven't done very well, what your communal responsibilities are, uh, ways that you might have 
being bad to people, to other people, and you're meant to think about how you can do it better and how you should maybe apologise to those people if you've done something wrong. So that's one of the festivals. Um, another one's Passover or Pesach, and that was it's once again based on a story, uh, which was the Jews when they were in Egypt. Um, and they were slaves to the Egyptian pharaoh. And, like, the whole story is about basically how the Jews eventually get their freedom and they're able to escape Egypt. And so that festival now, a lot of people use it to reflect on other parts of the world where people are still enslaved or um, living in poverty or something like that and to remind us that we have a responsibility to, to help those people out as well. And there's a lot of eating involved for that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, does a Jewish mum and an Irish dad cause any problems? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they work quite well together. I mean, both cultures have a bit of drinking and a bit of guilt and all the rest of it, so I think they uh, they complement each other pretty well. But um, no, my parents were always really good. It's kind of funny because when I was growing up, uh, I never really thought like that there was any, any conflict. I never even thought that there would be a reason for it because my dad, I think, he's not Jewish, but he was willing to support me going to like learn about my Jewish history and um, be taught about it and so he was always kind of there even if he wasn't kind of always joining in and singing in Hebrew and all that kind of stuff he was enjoying the proceedings and eating the food and everything and yeah is there is, is there any expectation you know as a if your mum's Jewish that she'd marry a Jewish man as well yeah um, it's funny like that and in many ways that expectation growing up in a small Jewish community uh, it's probably a bit easier to avoid but um, most of the Jews in Australia live in Melbourne or Sydney uh, and quite a few in Perth and I've got friends there who went to a Jewish school and then a Jewish high school and a lot of the people they grow up around are Jewish and there is quite a bit of pressure from their parents to marry another Jewish person so um, but the, the reality is a lot of Jews these days just like everyone else they find people they like from other communities and they end up marrying them and Sometimes that causes a bit of tension, but I mean, my parents would be pretty hypocritical if they uh, if they had a go at me. So, <laughs> so what about you? Should you marry a Jewish girl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is quite a, quite an interesting line of questioning. Um, yeah, no, I've actually got a girlfriend who's Filipino. I think who's been on the show before, um, Faye, uh, a few weeks ago. And um, look, I think for me, and uh, this is what I always said to Faye is that. Um, I'd be. I want my kids to kind of grow up with a knowledge of their background, so I'll, you know they should be able to know where they come from and what it means to them. And then I've always said, you know, when when Jewish kids, when Jewish boys reach thirteen or Jewish girls reach twelve, um, we have like a kind of coming of age ceremony where they're supposed to complete their education about their religion and, and all the rest, and they're supposed to then take on a responsibility as an adult in the community. So I've always said, if we have kids, you know. Um, I want them to, to grow up to that point and then they can make their own choice. But I think, you know, apart from that, I don't really mind whether someone's Jewish or not. So <laughs> that's my... Yeah, um, as you said before, you're from Israel. Mind telling us a bit about it? Yeah, well, um, Israel, it's kind of... When my when my mum's family left China, some of them came to Australia and then some of them went to Israel and settled there. Um, and Israel's a really interesting country. You probably see a lot about it in the news and, you know, there, there are good things and bad things that happen there, but... It's just, it's a really tiny country. It's only about one third the size of Tasmania. So it's very small, um, but there's a lot of history there. You know, it's very important to a number of different religions. Um, you've got the Baha'is and the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians who all have really important holy places there. And you can't trip over in Israel without hitting some kind of ancient relic or building with a lot of um, history and information behind it. But on top of all the history, it's also like a really dynamic modern country. So, um, you know, they've got a really big... IT sector, for example, and like they've got a lot of crazy partying that goes on in Tel Aviv. But um, and it's it's so small, but there's so much packed in. Like you've got some very religious people from different communities, like religious Muslims, religious Jews. Like in Jerusalem, there's a lot of religious people, and then 
30 minutes down the road, Tel Aviv's kind of this party city where there's lots of nightclubs and like, you know, raves on the beach and all that kind of stuff. So it's hard to describe it, but, um, and there's like, you know, there's a lot of social tensions and, and other things in the news, which you see. But apart from that, it's just a pretty amazing place to visit because it's so varied and exciting and yeah, different, I guess. So, so why was F-Zero invent, like created? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, it happened after the Second World War. Um, and I guess from one perspective, um, the Jews, they've always had a connection to it in that they've always remembered sort of the, the history there. And as I said, a lot of the festivals kind of revolve around when the Jews were living there. And there've always been a couple of Jews there. But um, after the Holocaust, which happened in the Second World War, when a lot of the Jews were killed, um, they didn't have really a home to go to. So, you know, they went, if they'd lived in Poland before or Germany or places like that, a lot of them didn't want to go back because um, they'd been, you know, basically a lot of people had tried to kill them. So they wanted to find somewhere to go um, where they could live, um, I guess, in peace and they could live with other people who shared their heritage and, and ideals and all that. So uh, for a while, people had been trying to get a state created in Israel. Um, and so that's kind of a bit why, like, there was a bit of history there and the religion and culture uh, was based there. And then after the Second World War, you had a lot of Jews that needed a home as well. So that kind of really pushed it um, over the edge, I guess. So that was that was how it got created anyway. But um, And there was a lot of other history too. I'm skimming over a lot. But uh, <laughs> that's broadly why, I guess, um, that people saw there needed, needed to be a state. Yeah. So um, you speak Israel. Um, mind saying a few words and telling us... What some of them mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can I can say a few words. Um, well, what's what's the actual what's the language called? The language is is called Hebrew. Um, and and there's a song that we're about to play. Can you tell us what that song? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good song. Um, I don't exactly know what it means though, because um, I was going to say when I when when Jewish kids grow up, they get taught how to read Hebrew from the Bible in like the original Hebrew, and it's very different to the modern one. It's like talking English from like the 1500s. So. You can't really understand modern Hebrew just by reading the old Hebrew. So I can say a few things and like I can chant football chants and things like that, but I don't fully speak it yet. So I hope <laughs> I can go over there and learn it properly. But um, so give yeah. us a football chant. <laughs> well, a good yeah. uh, a football chant. That's uh, I mean I, I've been to a few games from Beitar Yerushalayim, which is the Jerusalem team, and uh, they chant Be'esh v'Bamayim Beitar Yerushalayim, which is in uh, fire and in water Beitar Jerusalem. Um, and, you know, I can say, Ani uh, Ben, my name's Ben, and Hamishpachat Sheli Garba Batyam, which is like my family live in Batyam, which is this kind of, it's like a bit of a bogan area sort of <laughs> south of Tel Aviv and, yeah, a few other things like that, but yeah. that's about all I know. <laughs> so we've got the song now. Um, it's called Gagal. Oh, can you tell? Yeah, called that- Galgal by <laughs> Shotai Hanavua. And Shotai Hanavua, uh, their name is Fools of Prophecy. And a bit of, I, I can give you a bit of background about this band, actually. They're a group of um, Israelis who, a lot of Israel, Israelis, they've got national service there. So when they turn 17 or 18, they have to do a couple of years in the army. And a lot of them, when they get out, they just want to go and travel and do something different. And a lot of them go to India and they uh, stay in India for a while and chill out and have different experiences so uh from what i understand this band they all went to india and so they've got a lot of indian influences in their music and um yeah it's it's actually israeli music's really cool because you got people like jews and others from all over the world like morocco iran europe africa there's ethiopian jews um who moved to israel so you got a lot of different music and food and all that kind of stuff so israeli music's really like a combination of all these different things which you'll hear in this so yeah. After this song, we'll talk about Central Australia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, change the plans, everybody. Um, Amori's going to just jump on the mic now and we'll interview him. And Ben is going to be 
if he's interested, he's going to ask some questions and all that. Yeah, cool. So, Amara, can you just give us your brief? Um, hi, my name is Mohammed Ahmed. Um, people call me Hamoudi, which is short, the shorter of Mohammed. I'm 20 and I'll be going to uni next year and yeah, and just enjoying the holidays. And can you tell us, so I hear that just into soccer, can you tell us how you got involved? Um, well, I started playing football when I was about maybe 12 years old. I wasn't really actually interested in it any, at all, like, but the thing is, uh, where I lived, I used to, I grew up in Cairo and everybody there, everyone else, everyone just plays football. And, you know, I saw everybody playing, I couldn't do anything. So I was like, okay, I might as well just start playing football. So yeah, and after I got to Australia, I started playing here as well. I joined a few clubs and yeah, just went on from there. So it's good. And I hear you, like the, I've heard from a fan that you nearly got into the Australian team, but... Uh, not really. <laughs> I had a... I had a scholarship to go play up in America yeah. for um like a for a school yeah. and like a like a university which is like a college they call it college I think um yeah and I think that like, it sort of like didn't really work out that well because my dad you know disagreed with the decision and thought you know I shouldn't go play in America because well the football there is not it's not that big so that's why I couldn't things didn't work out well. Oh. So uh, you're also saying you're about to start international relations uh, next year. So, yeah, tell us a bit about why you're interested in that and what you want to do. Um, well, the thing is because, like, um, my uncle works in the in the embassy in, in Dubai and also some of my other uncles as well, you know, work in, uh, in Cairo and then in the Egyptian embassy in, in Egypt. So, like, the, one of the main reasons why, because, you know, I've been through, you know, like, Ha- like so, like a lot of hardships in in Cairo and like I came to Australia as a refugee and um you know like from there because I used to go to the UN all the time and you know my parents and mostly with my mom you know like every time she'd try to come to Australia and like you know had like a lot of interviews and like so it took us about ten years to like eventually end up in Australia mm-hmm. so that's why like that's one of the main reasons why you know I felt like you know doing international relations so that I can you know get a try to get a job in the UN or something. So I can help others, you know, who's been through the same thing that I've went through. And, yeah, so really excited for that. Um, what, is, um, what is your family's background like? Uh, uh, well, my mom is uh, south, from South, south Sudan and my father is from the north. Well, it, well it's, quite, it's quite interesting, though, because, you know, back there there's a lot of, there's a lot of conflict. And, you know, plus, you know, now they're having, like, you know, a referendum, which is to split the country, split the country into two different countries, because the South don't want to associate with the North anymore, because they said, they think that, you know, they've been through a lot of, a lot of hardship and experienced a lot of, you know, wars and a lot of things. And they think that, you know, also the fuel problem as well. And, you know, they feel like, you know, they should be a different country and, you know, well, good for them. If, if things work out well, then should be good, so... So, um, what kinds of things happen that cause problems? Um, I think because, you know, in the South is like more of like, there's more of like, you know, uh, well, not, not more, but like the North, Northern Sudan has a lot of, uh, let's, you could say like Arabs, you know, and they're two different people, you know, like try to live together and they sort of like have different point of views of some things, you know, like Northern Sudan is like mostly Muslims 
and the Southerners like Christians and like like I don't see it as a big deal, but like you know when it comes to like government issues and like there's cause plus there's been like war in the past between the two, you know like and I think maybe I don't, I'm not really sure why it was just you know I think maybe the the Northerners are a little bit greedy, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's why. And uh, you were saying that you had, you know, with all your experiences that you've gone through in the last few years, um, you, you really wanted to get a job in, to do with migration and, and use those experiences to, to, to help people who are going through the same things. Are there any particular uh, changes that you reckon that you want to make or things that you went, th- like things that you experienced that you think would be done better? Like, um, Yeah, I think, you know, nothing, nothing could be done better if you don't experience it, you know, like. And I think he's like, you know, like they, like a lot of people are like working the migration back in Cairo, you know, are doing a great job, you know, but also like, you know, it would be good to like to see from a refugee point of view. And if that happens, you know, like a lot of people can get help and you can understand, you know, the refugees and, you know, what they want and what they're asking for, you know, you understand them more than a different, than another person that who hasn't been, been through what others has gone through. So I think, I think maybe that's why, like i I don't, I don't like I'm not sure about a lot of changes but like one person can't you know can't change the world you know like so you, you do what you do the best as you can you know so see you know it can make a little difference but you know so yeah, so, yeah. um can back to Africa um can you tell us about do you know how Sudan is going to be split in half can you tell us about do you think it's going to be big or uh, and do you agree with it because I want to hear your own because we asked this to Yak last time. Um, I think, like, I think, like, I think it would be, it would be good. It would be a good thing, you know, to like split the country in two. Because, you know, like, like, uh, like, my father's from the north and my mom is from the south. You know, and they, like, the the southerners are asking for their rights. You know, and I think they should give them a go. You know, give them a fair go, and you know, see, see, like, let them handle their own, you know, their own responsibilities and everything, like things like that. And plus, like, I think. But, like, right now, even if they want the referendum to be a different country, I think they should just, you know, postpone that and just work, like, give them at least 10 years to develop the south, the south of Sudan. Because then if they just do it straight away like that, you know, the south's not really developed yet. So it'll be take a while, you know, until everything develops and, like, you know, build schools and hospitals and a lot of those kind of things, you know, like, you know, make roads and all those kind of things. Like, But I think, you know... I think I think it could work, you know. So. so, so when you say like they've got to build build roads, build hospitals, schools, that kind of stuff. So like, there's not much of that around at the moment. I mean, like, there there is a bit, but they're still like you know not full, not there yet. Yeah. So if they if they make a change now, it'll be quite difficult, you know. So that's that's one that's what I think, you know. So. So do you think this is gonna need like a lot of education? Um, I I would say so, yeah, because you know. Like whoever lives in, like whoever lives in Australia or like a lot of Sudanese, Southern Sudanese who live in Australia and live in, in like in Europe or like in you know America and those kind of areas like you know who are educated you know as well like need to return back and like you know help the country out and like you know do what they do their best and you know to make it a better country and you know it's a great country too it's quite beautiful so I think I think they should you know that needs to that, that needs to happen so. Oh, okay. So you, you, you said your mum. You said like your mum's from North Sudan, your dad's from South Sudan, or vice versa, or something. Yeah, my dad is from the north and my mom is from the south. Right. Did, what's it, I mean, is that common? 
yeah it is very common actually in in sudan like you know because before like you know before there's a lot of problems you know that happened all the time and mm. like like you know, but they're also like different cultures as well so like you know like my grandfather's had like about seven wives and like my mom's family there's like 70 kids so like there's even some that i don't even know so Scott, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, th- does your dad agree with this splitting up Sudan in half and um, like your parents? Well, my dad. Well, my dad support supports supports both, you know, because you know, like he's a fair man and you know he wants what's best for you know for others and you know if that's gonna ha- like if they if there's gonna be peace and like you know the Southerners are gonna live in peace and you know like you know look after their country and build their country, you know, I mean I don't think my dad would mind so. So is North Sudan more developed than South Sudan? Yeah, yep, oh, yep. Okay. yep. Because they're they're the ones who've been in control of the whole country, so that's why. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about growing up in Egypt? Um, growing up in Egypt, it was um, it well. When did you come out to Australia? Uh at the end of two thousand and four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, growing up in Egypt was quite interesting because. You know, like my father was in the army back in Sudan, and he he lived in um he lived in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah, and we like I have there's there's um I have four brothers and seven sisters, and we all got looked after by my mom, which was really which was really difficult. You know, like some of us had to go to school. We had like three three of all of our family members went to school, and some didn't. Some who just like for me like I I didn't go to school for that long. I st- I went to school for about maybe a year or two and didn't learn much because it was just I was still young and you know I had to do a lot of things on myself and sort of like you know make the best of everything. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is as well like I had to I actually taught myself how to read Arabic, read and write Arabic. I just you know it was like because I really wanted to learn you know like I wanted to learn something you know learn something useful. And so I just started, you know, writing down the alphabets. I got my sister to write me down the alphabets, and every day I just sit there and like try to like, combine it together and try to read read something, until actually like you know learned how to read it, read Arabic properly. And one one of the main purposes was because I wanted to learn how to read the Quran, and I finally managed to do that after two three weeks. So wow, you you learned to read it in two or three weeks. Yeah, because I was just so keen. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, wow. Does, so your, your Muslim background? Yep. Because my, my dad is Muslim and my mom's Christian. Okay. Yeah. What's, does that, how does that, how does uh, that affect you growing up? I mean, what, what kind of mix does that make for in the family home? I mean, you know, the, like, I, rec- I think, you know, religion is really, like, in, I was involved in a lot of religion because, you know, I didn't have much to do when I was back, when I lived back in Cairo. I had to, you know, I had to look for some. I had to do something, you know, and religion sort of like religion and football sort of like you know helped me stay away from all the trouble. And well, football is religion, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so like you know, I so then I started going to the mosque a lot, and you know, I was quite religious until I came to Australia. So <laughs> yeah, so it's good. Yeah, wow. And do you miss the? Uh, do you miss Arab culture? Yeah, I do miss it. I do miss it. You know, like hopefully one day I'll go back to Cairo and you know visit some friends and some family members and mm. yeah, like I I do miss. I miss the food, which is just amazing. Yeah. But um, yeah. And you, th- you said so, like you were quite, you know, you like used to attend the mos- mosques and uh, you were. You said you were, had kind of more of a 
more religion in your life when you were in Cairo, but when you came to Australia, less so. What what do you attribute that to? Is that uh, no? It's like you know. I think because like you know, if you live like if you if you like you know if you lived as a lower class in you know poor countries, you sort of like tend to lean more to religion and those kind of things. You know, to like you know to have you know you need to have faith in like always you know think there's something better. You know, you always have something better there in the future. Mm. You know, and that kind of helped me a lot. So, like, you know, to stay out of trouble and do the right thing and, like, you know, that's why maybe, you know. But then since I came to Australia, you know, like, you sort of, like, you know, become more open-minded and learn more about things and, you know, make different decisions. And and plus, like, there's, like, two mosques in Canberra, so so maybe that's why. Yeah. Did you have a question, Nicole? Um, So, when did you move to Australia and why? Uh, I moved, we moved to Australia at the end of 2004. It was like, I was so excited. I was like, yes, finally go to Australia and like, you know, and like do a lot of things there and go to school and learn so many things and meet new friends and like, but the, like one of the main reasons why, because obviously, you know, Australia like was the better option for us to come over here and live here, you know, and study and, you know, there was more, there was more, there was a lot of things provided for us. So that's made it one of the reasons why. And also my father, because he was in the army and he was like a major in the army and he moved from Saudi Arabia and came to Australia and he actually lived in Australia for like, I'd say maybe 14 years now. Mm. And he was already a citizen before, like when we were still living in Egypt. So he, you know, he asked us to come over and like, you know, spoke to the migration and sort of like helped us out, you know, to come over and live in Australia. So... Um, do you think a lot of refugees come to Australia for education or just a free life? Uh, I think they come, all the refugees come to Australia because, like, you know, there's everything, you know, like you can mostly, you know, you can study and, you know, and like, you know, find a job and like, you know, like do a lot of good things, you know, but I think, well, that, I reckon that's one of the main reasons why. And also there's a lot of freedom too, so it's good. I guess they, they go kind of hand in hand, don't they, a bit? You know, I yeah, guess. like some wants to work and some wants to study, so yeah, yeah. and it's that, that kind of freedom that I guess that's what freedom is, you know, it's yeah, like having the choice to, yeah, to either study or, or work or, yep, or quit your work and go back to study, <laughs> yeah, so cool. So, which would you recommend Australia to to people or other than like some place else like America or Russia? Um. I wouldn't want to criticize America, but I'd say, yeah, Australia would be pretty good. It's, it would be a good option. Hey, can I just change, change it up a little bit? I was going to go back to, to Ben for a sec because, uh, you know, we've, we've got we've got Marmot here who's about to start uni and uh, get stuck into it and, you know, I don't know, get a job at the end of it maybe and or whatever. And we've got Ben who's – so, Ben, you were saying before, of course, you you started uni, um, came to the Met, like, with your work and everything just became too much so you you stopped that for a while and now you've quit your job and you're going back to uni so um okay i think you had a question about that didn't you huh <laughs> <laughs> you had a question before about um you know what i think you're asking ben what he now that he's got another uh, choice yeah now that you have another choice to work at a different place so what would it be <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I still and a follow-up one would be, you know, like does it does it give you better insight into? Does know, does it make you appreciate study more, or does it does know? work appreciate make you yeah. appreciate study more? Yeah, it totally does. Like it's just a totally different pace. And I don't know. Before I started um, working, uh, I was getting a bit bored with law. Like I wasn't really seeing how it was relevant to me, and it was all theoretical. And you know, I just couldn't find a way 
to make it interesting, but um, working with it and seeing how some of it can be quite practical and, and seeing how it can change things and, you know, be a force for, for good or bad or, you know, <laughs> be a force just to keep things the way they are, which is sometimes good and bad. Um, like it, it got me more interested in it and it helped me go back to study and, and, and find a way to, uh, I guess, make it interesting. Um, so I think it's good. It's good to work a bit and do uni because you get the theoretical stuff in uni and then you get to see the practical stuff with work. Um, I think the only thing is making sure you've got the right balance so that you're not uh, destroying your uh, <laughs> the rest of your life, like with all your friends and you know girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's it's really good to do a bit of a mix. And if you can find some internships or part time work or something while you're studying, then it can really help. So, what do you want to achieve in this? Like, and because you're going back, what do you want to achieve in uni? Yeah, look, I think mainly to finish. Um, <laughs> but because uh, it's been about eight years now, and it should only have been about five if I did it full time. But getting it out of the way is the main thing. Um, because I think I've reached the point in my career where I really need some kind of degree. Um, but I mean, I just, uh, I'm actually kind of enjoying being back and taking a bit seriously. And at the moment, it's interesting um, to hear, hear some talk about migration because I'm doing migration law at the moment. And it's exactly that, that kind of thing where you can see the practical results of, uh, of some of the law that's quite technical, but you can actually see how it can help people or prevent them from coming. Yeah, and the, you the know. human face of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's actually got me interested. And um, yeah, I just hope to finish it, maybe do a couple of interesting different subjects next semester. Um, like things that will help me practically, like maybe consumer consumer uh, affairs, which will tell me how to complain to a company if I buy something that's bad. You know, practical things like that as well, um, which will be good. But, uh, do you, do you, like what what do you see in us in your like? Um, what do you see yourself in after you finish this? Like, what do you want to see yourself uh, in the future? Man, that's a really good question. Um, I've got all kinds of grand plans. Um, I'd love to, I mean, on one hand, I'd love to work for like Football Federation Australia or something and <laughs> do something. I'll just point out with, Ben's wearing the uh, Socceroos jersey yeah. at the moment. Number no, um, 16. Uh, yeah, number 16, Carvalieri, local Canberra boy. But um, no, I'd love to, I mean, that's what I'd love to do for fun. And uh, otherwise, you know, I just want to do something interesting, but hopefully that can be a bit useful as well. So maybe work in an era like innovation or something like that. You know, I've, I've really got an open mind to it. So pretty soon I'm going to have to start sitting down and thinking about what I do next. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have any advice for Muhammad in his studies? Yeah, man, just uh, take, take it easy, but um, just establish your own pace, I guess. Just see what works for you and um, and just be willing to be flexible with it depending on um, what needs you've got. But uh, enjoy it, I guess, is the, the main thing because there's lots of fun to be had. So, yep, yeah. Yep. And what about for, sure. these, uh, for these boys in, <laughs> yeah. in high school now? Yeah. Oh, man, just mainly have fun. But um, I guess, yeah, it's, it's always good to keep your options open with school. So, you it's know. It's hard to have fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to have fun. But it actually, you know, I used to hate maths and things like that. But um. I've realized, I mean, it's probably a bit of a cliche, but like I've realized how, even though it was boring then, it can be really practical later on, like just being able to do things like with, you know, your personal finances and, and things like that, or just be able to get into uni. Like, yeah, I remember how much I hated it when I was actually doing it, but having finished it, like it was just so useful that, you know, I'm really glad I kind of stuck with it, even when I was hating every minute of it. So <laughs> that's about all, it gets better. And you, I guess there'll be a point where you look back and you're like, oh, Geez, I'm glad I I'm glad I stuck with that. So yeah, that's about all I could say. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your best subject? Uh, my best subject was history. Um, back at school. Was that is that SOSA uh, English? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I did SOS up until year ten, and then um, in college it's really good because they give you a choice. Like SOS, you've kind of got a bit of you know weather and geography and history, but in college you can choose like one of them to focus on. So 
I went to Narrabunda College uh, with Dan and it's really good at Narrabunda because they offer a lot of history, like ancient history, modern history. So I did like every history unit that the school offered, sort of all of ancient Greece and Rome and, you know, modern history like the First and Second World War and independence movements across, across Asia and stuff. And it helped me, you know, like... Um, I started uni and I wanted to do history and then ANU cut back on its history courses so I started to do politics and then I got into politics a bit and I got my job and that's sort of gradually what led me to, to where I am. But history is great, you know, like I don't think you can make decisions about what you're going to do unless you know what's happened before. Um, so I think it's a pretty good mm. course to study. So yeah. do you think this interest is going to last in this subject that you're doing? Oh, uh, yeah, well, look, I mean, for history, I've always got an interest in it. And if I was going to be really selfish, I'd go and study some more of it. But um, with law, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think I massively enjoyed my law degree and there were some pretty hard, hard times with it. But I think it's really opened my eyes. Like, you know, law is kind of like you do a little bit of everything. You learn how a company works to be able to do corporate law. You learn how, you know... Uh, the refugee, the migration migration system works to do migration law. You learn a bit of international law and conventions. You know, you learn stuff that's useful every day, like criminal law. Like, hopefully, it won't be too useful every day, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you still you still get to see how that operates. And you know, being in Central Australia this week, I, I met a lot of kids who actually are involved in the criminal justice system because they've been involved in theft and things like that. And um, I guess, you know, it, it opens your doors to be able to maybe help a few of them navigate through that criminal justice system or, or do things like that. So you just learn a bit of everything and you get to learn about bits of life that you probably never have anything else to do with apart from looking at it through law. So, mm. yeah. Um, can you tell me what kind of law you did? Um, I did lots of different kinds of law. Like with the law degree, they kind of forced you to do a lot of uh, core units, they call them. Like that's the, the units everyone has to do to be qualified as a lawyer. So you get to learn a bit about, you know, law to do with the government, like how you can change the government's decisions in relation to you. You get to learn a bit about like law to do with like the economy and commerce, like mm. corporations and stuff. And you get to do stuff to do with human rights. Um, I did a lot of elective units on international law. So that was what interested me. But um, yeah, lots of different law. <laughs> All right, thanks for the interview. For yeah. Cheers, uh, I'm Mohammed and Ben <laughs> and Nicole. Nice questions. And Dan, back hubs. Yeah, thanks. Oh, <laughs> thanks for being around people. Um, the Macedonian show is next uh, at 7 o'clock and the song that we have I it's uh, by Subliminal who's an Israeli rapper and it's called Tanili enjoy <laughs> uh, well remember this is 2 Double Radio 90.3 I, I yeah. would like to say thank you um, to my school for listening and yeah <laughs> Is that Flory School? Yeah, Flory Primary. Year six? Yeah, yeah. big ups to Flory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 